about an event taking place in our city that starts next week. What's it called? The Capitol Stampede is coming up us. And so, and so next Sunday, we're going to have our Stampede breakfast. And we're going to go back to the way we did it a few years ago. Last couple of years, we've done something different uh, for various reasons. But we're going to go back to the way we had done it before. So next Sunday, there will be chairs in the parking lot, breakfast in the parking lot, permitting the weather and all of that. Um, I don't know we're going to have a baptism next Sunday as well, if all things work out the way they should. And so I'm looking forward to that as well. So it's going to be a great Sunday. Breakfast starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll get ready uh, go into our service about 10. Uh, you never know how that works, because Gary Zorn continues to eat pancakes for a long period of time during the morning. And so it'll be 10 o'clock, and Gary will still be shoving pancakes in his face, but we'll try and get Gary to stop that, and we'll move on. Okay? He's also going to have horses here. We're going to have a bounce house. We're going to have some face painting and various things for the kiddos. So, uh, please come next week, 8 o'clock, for breakfast, and then eventually we'll get around to having a worship service as well, and honor the Lord in front of our community. We've invited the community to come and join us, and I'm looking forward to a great day. So please come for that. On the screen, you see some symbols. G and dash 7-Eleven. No, not 7-Eleven. Z-Eleven. Sorry. Wow. Z-Eleven. Does anybody here know what that is? Anybody have any idea what that might be? That is the name of the galaxy that is furthest away from us that can be seen. It's not a huge galaxy. It's rather small, actually, compared to the Milky Way, which is huge. That galaxy is not that big. But it's not its size that we're talking about this morning. It was discovered by the Hubble Telescope and is used, uh, the telescope is used as part of what they call the Extra Galactic Legacy Survey to look for Hubble Extreme Deep Field, which is at the center of the Hubble Ultra Deep Field. Now, none of that really means probably anything to most of you. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But this does mean something. This galaxy looks like this. Well, I should say, that's the, double, that's the Hubble Deep Field view. That's a photograph of one very tiny part of space called this deep field. And what's amazing about this is how far away it is. And the galaxy that we're talking about is one small portion of that very small portion of faith. And so that red thing in the box is a galaxy. And that galaxy is way smaller than the Milky Way. The light from that galaxy took 13.4 billion light years to get here. 13.4 billion light years to get here. Light travels about 300,000 kilometers a second. And it took 13.4 billion years 
for light traveling at 300,000 kilometers a second to get to us from that galaxy. I don't know about you, but that is beyond my comprehension. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that in the meantime, in the 13.4 billion years that it took for that light to get here, the universe continued to expand. And so, right now, it's probably, that galaxy, about 32 billion light years away from us. We see the light that's 13.4 billion years given to us, and now it's 32 billion light years away from us, where that galaxy now is continuing to expand. You know, Kevin used the word this morning, incomprehensible. And that's his favorite word when he comes up here and he starts talking about God. He loves to use the word incomprehensible. It is incomprehensible. This distance of how far that galaxy is away from us. It's amazing. It's beyond amazing. The edge of the expanding universe is about 46 billion light years from the Earth, they tell us. Now, of course, it's, exp- it's expanding. It's expanding at an incredible rate. And so when I'm standing here talking and saying, well, it's about 46 billion light years away from us, that edge is, who knows how far it's expanded just while I'm talking. Now, if you still haven't got it, there are about 100 billion galaxies in the universe. There's about 100 billion galaxies in the universe. There are about 2 billion stars in just one of those galaxies, the Milky Way. And so the galaxy that we're in has about 200 billion stars in it. And there are 100 billion galaxies in the universe. One more click here. Our Earth revolves around one sun, one star in the Milky Way. I'm being a little bit deliberate here because I want us to try and grasp something of the immensity. And of course, we can't. It is so far beyond me that I can't begin to comprehend what I'm talking about. Like for me to talk about one billion light year of distance, I don't get I have no idea how far that is. And the edge of the universe is 46 billion light years away from here. And by the way, if we're thinking in terms of the the Earth at the center, if it's 46 billion light years to the edge, that's just the radius. That's not the diameter. The diameter of the whole universe is probably around 93 billion light years across and expanding dramatically as we speak. It is truly incomprehensible. Which also tells me this. What we have then is the absolute necessity of our humility. At one point, Paul says, 
no one should think very highly of themselves. <laughs> and he's right. Especially in those dimensions. In thinking of that time. It is amazing just how ignorant we actually are. We think we know something. We think we are something. Sometimes I hear myself or other people talking as if we know. As if we know something. As if we know anything. And it just tells me how little we know when we think about these things. In fact, it tells me just how ignorant we are when we start talking about how something there is about know. We are so ignorant. My mind can't begin to grasp GNZ11. My mind can't get 32 billion light years. And of course, there's so much more there that we can't comprehend. Like, what does it mean for there to be billions and billions and billions of stars with billions and billions and billions of planets around all those billions and billions of stars? Just imagine what is between here and the edge of the universe. A hundred billion galaxies are between here and the edge of the universe. We are so limited, it is incalculable. It is impossible to even talk about how limited we are. And when you take all of those limitations, and all that we don't understand, all that we can't begin to grasp, on top of all of that, we're sinful. On top of all the limitness that is ours as human beings, we also are not just. We are not righteous. We are not good. We don't stand here in a place and, and have it on the universe in terms of we're better than all that. We aren't. It is so vast and so powerful and beyond us. And then on top of that, there is our sinfulness. If we had a telescope that could see all of this right to the edge, which we don't yet, maybe someday, and all we could see was the very edge. You know what we would see? We would see galaxies hurtling through space. And we couldn't begin to comprehend the power and the force, the magnitude, and we certainly couldn't begin to grasp its origins. In fact, I would say that knowing very much about the source of anything seems impossible. It certainly is impossible to me. I can't begin to grasp or understand the source of all of these things that we just talked about. So beyond everything that I just said, which is completely natural, all matter, there is beyond that something that set it all in motion. There is something that we would say is eternal. There is something that is not I, which is good and loving. That which is all-powerful and foundation for everything. If this is there, and it's the source, and it is in fact the controlling power, 
that has all of those billions of galaxies in flight under its control, then that too is way, 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 way beyond me. I cannot begin to get it. And so the question for the morning is, how can we possibly know anything of God? Like I can't begin to understand my own solar system, which is so infinitesimal in the big picture. If I can't wrap my mind around that, and how our planets can be circling us one little minute sun, how could I begin to grasp the one who put it all in motion? And so, I would say my, from my perspective is that it's fruitless for us to think that we can know much of anything about what is beyond our natural world without, without that which is out there somehow coming to us. And so it's no shock to me that John, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, when Jesus becomes into his presence and starts talking to him and revealing things, do you remember what John does? He falls on his face. He falls on his face. He has no alternative. Because if this one comes into your presence, that's what you must do. Is it any wonder that God said to Moses, whatever you do, you cannot look at my face. It's just too much. It's too tremendous. Too tremendous. It would absolutely kill you just to get a glimpse of who I am. And I think that's right. In Isaiah 6, when Isaiah has a vision of the cherubim, He falls on his face and he says, Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. It doesn't surprise me that Paul says, I'm the chiefest of sinners in 1 Timothy chapter 1. If he's thinking in those terms, like we're talking about this morning, when he says, I'm the chiefest of sinners, he's not just saying, Well, I sin more than anybody else. What he says, that whatever God is, but the chiefest of sinners. It's no wonder that in James 4.14, James says, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for just a little time and then vanishes. That's who we are. In light of all of this, we are nothing more than a vapor. And so the heavens declare the glory of God. It says in Psalms. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. And that is so right. And who are you in light of all that? Job thought he was somebody. 
He raised some questions about what God might be doing in his life. And when the Lord speaks to Job out of the storm, and he says, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where are you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. And of course, Job has to say, I don't get it. I don't understand. Who marked off its tensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy, where are you? Who shut the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the room? When it made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no further? Have you ever given orders to the morning? Or shown the dawn its place that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised arm is broken by the Lord. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? We don't even get around the world. Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the universe? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light. And where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths of their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You've lived so many years, Job. And of course, for this there is no answer. You know, the traditional answer in Christianity is that about knowing God, we we can't know anything unless... He comes and reveals it to us. And so God becomes 100% responsible for us knowing him. And given everything that we've looked at this morning, that makes total sense to me. It just makes sense that I can't begin to grasp the one who put the stars in place unless he comes and says, I will show myself to you. And so I would say, that what is ultimately true lies absolutely in God's prerogative. He has to tell us. For there is simply no other way. There is no other way for me to understand. We constantly betray our ignorance by the statements that we make about what we think he might be. Because we can't begin to grasp him. We have to be talking about something that has come to us that has been done to us. If he doesn't choose to come and visit us and show us himself, I'm afraid we will never know anything. And so grace and love are the reasons for revelation and the only means by which we can know anything of the divine. God, in all his power, in all his glory, simply chooses to show himself to us. Why? Why would he do that? Why would the Lord of the universe, who who is all that we've described this morning, why would he come to this little tiny 
absolutely insignificant pinprick of a planet and show himself to all these incredibly sinful human beings who have absolutely no authority and power over anything. Why would he do that? And the only reason I can think of is because he loves us. Because he chooses to. Because he chooses to reveal himself in love to us. And then how in the world is he going to do that? So I just want to look at three verses. We're just going to read these. I want you to turn to John chapter 1. This is a morning for contemplation. Not lots of answers. Lots of questions and lots of contemplation. Three verses from John chapter 1. The first one says this. John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning. I'd say more than 46 billion years ago. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Wow. He was there. He was revealing all this to us as He makes it. Now look at verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so He comes and He reveals. Then I want you to look at verse 18. And this is kind of, this is the capstone for sure on what we want to do this morning. No one has ever seen God. Why? Well, because he's so vast. He, he goes beyond the 46 billion light years. We can't begin to see him. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is Himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made Him known. Wow. We, with our small, pitiful little brains, who can't begin to comprehend anything, and get at him and of course can't begin to get at him and so scripture says that he came and showed himself to us and the one who is at the father's side has made him known